0: Hello and welcome to The Slow Reader, a podcast about books. I'm your host, Stephen Gower, and if you're just joining me, this is a podcast where I read books, and uh, you can follow along if you like. I'm a slow reader, which is where the name comes from, and while I covered two entire books in the first two episodes of the podcast, I'm actually now at a point where I'm uh, at my slow pace again, so uh, this this week's book is not uh, the whole book. It's only part of it. So we'll get to that in a second. I also cover a uh, bit of pop culture that I'm consuming outside of reading as well. Well, today we cover. We started Gone by Michael Grant. I started reading that in March fifth, and uh, the last page that I read was on March thirteenth. So in total, in counting, I'm eight days reading this book. I have. Um, I'll get to uh, some stats in a little bit. Uh, Gone was originally published in 2008. It's the first of a nine-part series with the last book, Hero, uh, as yet unreleased. It's supposed to come out this year, actually. Uh, and here's a, a quote about the series. The series is centered on the fictional Southern California town of Perdido Beach, in which every human aged 15 and older vanishes. And from the back of the book, this is the uh, this is the description that I've got. So the tagline is, in the blink of an eye, everyone disappears. Gone. Everyone except for the young, teens, middle schoolers, toddlers, but not a single adult. No teachers, no cops, no doctors, no parents. Gone too are the phones, internet, and television. There's no way to get help. Hunger threatens, bullies rule, a sinister creature lurks, animals are mutating, and the teens themselves are changing, developing new talents, unimaginable, dangerous, deadly powers that grow stronger by the day. It's a terrifying new world. Sides are being chosen and war is imminent. The first in a breathtaking saga about teens battling each other and their darkest selves, Gone is a page-turning thriller that will make you look at the world in a whole new way. And the uh, poll quote on the back from Voya, a starred review. If Stephen King had written Lord of the Flies, it might have been a little like this. So that's a little bit about the book. Um, I read chapters 1 through 9. That's pages 1 to 73, or as uh, my e- copy of the uh, ebook calls it, 17%. I actually have a hardcover as well. Uh, that uh, that was a gift from uh, from family at Christmas, um, c- a couple Christmases ago. So I'm finally getting to read it now. As I mentioned, slow reader. Uh, but I found an ebook copy from the library. So some uh, some stats for you. Um, I I figure I read about nine pages a day, and so I I'd give myself a reading efficiency rating of twelve percent. I don't know if that's good or bad, but. I'm going to consider that average for my own reading. So, Gone follows the main characters, Sam, Quinn, and Astrid. They're all 14-year-olds. Um, my initial thoughts was that, at first, I thought the writing was really good. It was snappy and well-crafted. And one of the quotes that I really liked at the beginning was, Quinn was his own clique, which was maybe why he and Sam clicked. I don't know, I thought, I thought it was kind of clever. The other other thing about this book, um, each chapter also has a subheading, which is a countdown. Chapter 1 starts at 299 hours, 54 minutes. When I got to the end of Chapter 9, or where Chapter 10 starts, it's 274 hours, 27 minutes. I'm not really sure what the countdown is for. No one's really referenced it yet. But, um, I don't know. I think maybe... There's there's uh there's a lot of heavy mention of a nuclear power plant on the outskirts of the town and uh of some sort of disaster earlier in uh in the nineties, I think. Um so maybe it has something to do with the nuclear power plant. Um but anyway, the main character is Sam. Uh he's a fourteen-year-old who lives with his mom, who was divorced twice. He is a surfer along with his friend Quinn and the brief backstory we get in the first nine chapters is that a few years earlier, he safely guided a school bus to the side of the road when the driver suffered a heart attack. So uh, the the kids at school kind of view him as uh, this big hero and he's trying to shy away from it. Um, so in chapter four, which is 8% in, that's one of the chapters that had me conflicted about this book. And that's where I stand now. Um, on one hand, uh, I didn't believe... Sam stepping up to take charge to fight a fire and rescue a crying child inside the building although I guess that's what the school bus story was supposed to set up for but on the other hand um, this is also where the superpowers are first introduced so I'm thinking maybe that might be also a reason that he's uh, confident enough to to take charge it's related to one of his superpowers I guess I'm not entirely sure Um, either way as far as how the book is written, most of the children are acting like children, so that's, that's good. Um, Sam, Quinn, and Astrid, they seem a little bit too adult at times, but um, I think they're reverting often enough to a childlike mindset that I think it's working for me. But here's where the writing took me out of the story so far. Uh, um, chapter 6. Grant describes one of the 14-year-olds walking through a McDonald's, and I will read the passage of uh, of that description for you. He found the walk-in freezer. He yanked on the big chrome handle, and the steel door opened with a gasp and a breath of cold steam. Inside were metal racks and box upon box of clearly labeled hamburgers, big plastic bags of chicken nuggets, chicken strips, fries, a smaller number of boxes of sausage patties, but mostly lots of burgers. He moved on to the walk-in refrigerator, not so cold and pristine, more interesting. There were plastic-covered trays of sliced tomato, bags of shredded lettuce, big plastic tubs of Big Mac sauce, and mayonnaise and ketchup, blocks and blocks of sliced yellow cheese. It goes on from there, um, but uh, the note that I put in my e-reader was, this description of the walk-in and freezer bugs me. Um, there's a couple reasons for that. Um... I've worked in several different McDonald's uh, when I was younger, and uh, the order of that is all wrong. At least in all the McDonald's that I've worked in, you start with the walk-in freezer for one thing, and then or the walk-in refrigerator, and then it goes into the freezer. You don't go from frozen to not frozen. Doesn't make any sense. And also, um, the ketchup is uh, stored dry, not refrigerated. But uh, I I could go on about the description of the of the walk-in itself. And how it's apparently not set up very well at all, but uh, uh, that's getting into too much detail. But the other thing that bugged me was that this character also apparently found a paper chef hat next to the grill. And unless they do this in Perdido Beach, this fictional town in California, they do not do this at any McDonald's I've ever worked at or visited there are no paper hats for the people in the kitchen. In Chapter 7, another spot that, uh, for a different reason, brought me out of it, uh, Sam laments that he has a November birthday, saying that he'd prefer a March, July, or August birthday, and that he wishes for the first time that he was younger. This confused me because that means he is younger. He's got a late birthday, which means he's younger than everyone else. I don't, I don't understand, unless what he's saying is that he turned 14 in November and the other two friends are 13. So he's a year ahead of them. I'm not sure. But the point is, is that I, the way it's described, it makes no sense from my experience. Um, the people born in November, if they're in the same grade as you, they're usually, uh, like if, if you're, if you turn 14 in March, In one year, the people born in November in the next year turn 14 after you. So, I don't know. Overall, I am curious to see where the story goes. Um, There's some sort of barrier or wall around the town that's formed, so I wonder what's behind that. I kind of assume that all this superpower stuff and mutating that's mentioned. um, Actually, and we've only only really seen one mention of a mutating animal, which was uh, seagulls. So apparently there's some seagulls with talents. Um, but anyway, I, I assume it all has to do with the nuclear power plant. It's got to be. That's, that's the only thing that makes any sense. So we'll see where it goes. So we'll continue on. I wanted to mention also something else that I'm watching in pop culture that is not a book. Uh, I watched this week uh, Russian Doll on Netflix. It's an eight-episode dark comedy starring Natasha Leon. And uh, the main premise is that a woman keeps dying and reliving her 36th birthday party. It's uh, sort of like a Groundhog Day scenario where she needs to figure out how to get out of the loop. It's funny, also dark, and they're half-hour episodes, so they're easy to binge. So uh, that's, that's what I've been up to in the last uh, two weeks since the last episode. Um, in the next episode, we're going to continue with Gone, uh, starting with Chapter 10 And beyond. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining in and hope you uh, can find the book gone and you can read along with me.